Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Good afternoon, everybody. It is the Steve Jones Show on a Thursday. Matt Catrillo here with you. Steve will soon be there from the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Kia, Hyundai. Great selection of new and pre-owned inventory. And with whatever you're looking for, SMC has a sales staff that is there for you and not just there for the sale. And SMC has a fantastic service department fit with awesome technicians ready to serve you with the diagnostics, all the inspections, all the routine maintenance. And now SMC is looking for more because the business just keeps on going for them. They're looking for entry-level and experienced technicians to work in their quick lane, car light truck service, heavy truck service, body frame and alignment and towing departments so whether you got some experience you're looking for your first job or maybe you're just looking for a career change they'd love to hear from you stop by in person apply online at sunburymotors.com or you can call Todd at 286-7746 all at Sunbury Motors 4th Street in Sunbury Sunbury Motors Kia routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com Reginald Walker Jr. back with us today for his take on Penn State, Maryland. Another college football news and notes. And former BC coach Scott Spinelli is back with us today to talk some college hoops as we continue to go through the first week of the regular season in college hoops. we got Penn State hosting Loyola, Maryland tonight, taking on the Patriot League foe Maryland, Loyola, Maryland tonight at 7 6.30 of the year, and that'll, that'll air right after we have the Penn State Coaches Show right here on WKOK. And so we got that coming up. So looking forward to that. Penn State looking for the 2-0 start after the big win against Winthrop earlier this week. But the big story that has come out of Washington today this It was reported yesterday that the Attorney General for D.C. was going to make a major announcement on the commanders. And he was pretty right about that, as he has announced today he's filed a civil lawsuit against the commanders, team owner Dan Snyder, the NFL, and Commissioner Roger Goodell for allegedly colluding to deceive fans and district residents about the league's investigation into the team's toxic workplace culture and allegations of sexual assault in an effort to maintain a strong fan base and to increase profits. 
that's about as bad as it gets, and the, the hits just keep on coming for Dan Snyder, as, of course, it was announced last week that he has hired a bank to explore a partial or full sale of the team, as he should. But it's not just the commanders and Dan Snyder's involvement in this that, to me, is the big jump on this. To me, it's Goodell and the NFL are now pulled into this. Because if, in fact, there's stuff that happened under the wire with all the sexual misconduct and, and workplace issues with the commanders... Now, the NFL did find the commanders 10 mil when the report came out. I think it was last July it came out. But if more happened and the NFL didn't do what they were supposed to do to, to mitigate it, there's going to be some mi more major problems for the NFL in general and for Roger Goodell, not just Dan Snyder. That, to me, is what I take away from this, is not only is the Attorney General of, of D.C. going after the commanders, which we all knew, and he should, but now he's going after Goodell in the NFL. That is a big, big part of this now. And the NFL's in trouble, as far as that goes. There's a lot of things that could come out of this from a league perspective. And the D.C. The DC Attorney General mentioned they're going to issue subpoenas, and they're going to seek testimony under oath. Now, of course, yesterday, when this came out, the commanders once again just continue to do <laughs> just to make inept decisions with what they put out to the public and denying everything that the AG is saying that they've been fully transparent and cooperative with the investigation and the fact that they went after him about the issues of crime in D.C. and of course I, I don't know all this off the top of my head of what's going on right now in D.C. But they bring in Brian Robinson into the mix, who was shot at and has been a remarkable story of m making his way back into the fold and now starting for the team. I mean, you're just ignoring what's going on in your locker room right now with the players that have now, are now saying publicly that there's a new thing after another. The quarterback, Taylor Heineke, just said in, the me in his media session a little while ago, this feels like there's another chapter day after day but we can control we, we only control what we can control I mean players are not happy and I think play, players were annoyed but they were dealing with it but that Brian Robinson statement that included a minute I think that put a lot of players over the edge and it's not like the commanders are two and six or one and seven or whatever they're four and four they're still kind of in the thick of things as far as on field is concerned and this is a key game with the Eagles this week on Monday night. Oh, so once God's again, sakes. the commanders oh, are just... Oh, for God's sake, nobody cares. I mean, really, nobody cares. They're 4-4. Four four. Ooh. I mean, you care because it's the Eagles. Okay, if it's another team that's 4-4 four and four against somebody else, do you care? If they're in the thick of things for a playoff on sure. I mean, they're not out of it. They're, are they going to make it? Probably okay. not. But are they out of it? No. It's not you like they're 1-7. and seven. 
You do know it's a 17-game season, right? They're not even halfway yet. I know. So nobody's in the running for anything. I feel like I kill your image of everything. All, all I'm all I'm saying is the 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 statement yesterday that included Brian Robinson once again was just another inept decision that's going to affect the team on the field. What was the decision on Brian Robinson? When they included him in their statement yesterday, going after the and criticizing the D.C. Attorney General for not for not paying attention to crime rising crime in the city in reference Brian Robinson being shot at then paying attention to them in their investigation. It was a very dumb statement. Well, again, the NFL can investigate Washington all they want. But it's amazing when the Attorney General's office goes after you that you look around and go, you know what, maybe we'll sell but again, what my biggest my biggest takeaway from this is the attorney general is going after Goodell and the NFL now. Well, no, it's all it's all it's all encompassing. In other words, you know, you go big. You go big, right? It could it could very well may be, but until we find out, it's out there. They're going big only because they're part of the NFL. That's the reason why. I'm sure they're going to claim the NFL knew what was going on through their investigation and did nothing about it, right? Pretty much. I mean, they, like I said, they did find them 10 mil last year, but that's been it. It's probably the max they could find them. And they still also have another active investigation of their own going on right now, too. The NFL or... I'm pretty sure it's still out there. I thought, I thought that's that what I NFL, read in the report. That the NFL still investigated. Yeah. It shouldn't take that long. You find the 18 people who claim they were harassed. You then tell the other side. It shouldn't take that long. Well, there you go. That's what gets me about these things. We interviewed 512 people. Did you interview the eight relevant people? That I don't care about the other 504. That's just me. Yeah, NFL spokesman said U.S. Attorney Mary Jo White's review on behalf of the league is ongoing and there's still no timetable for when it'll be completed. Of course there's not. Just interview the eight people you have to and move on. We're done. It doesn't take that long. We have the parking situation at Penn State. Oh, right, with the rain. Yeah, rain on Friday. Yeah. Cowards up at Jersey Shore won't play Friday. No, I'm just kidding. Just joking. <laughs> Get the lingerie on the deck. Call the janitor. They play tonight, we, of course. Could we move the game up to Tuesday? Boy, what are you doing? What? Yeah. You won't be ready. <laughs> what? Oh, let's see. Where was it here? Here's the... No, it's a smart thing to do. Because, that you look, I don't want... The kids playing in it. I don't want the fans out there in it. You know, I'm glad they're playing tonight. It's the right move. All right, so this is really, a, uh, to me, a common-sense approach to what they're doing. And obviously, if there's a situation that arises that forces them to adjust and change, they can. But 
If you want to bring your RV over and like tomorrow morning and get into the RV lot, no problem. Okay? You can do that. But there's going to be a 16-hour time frame where the entrance into that lot will be closed. That will be from noon tomorrow until 8 a.m. Saturday. So during that 16 hours, you will not be able to enter the RV lot. Okay? As of this time, grass lots will remain open for Saturday's game. And, of course, they're monitoring the situation. But as of right now, the lots are open for Saturday's game, all the grass lots. If you are uncomfortable with parking in a grass lot because you're not sure of the conditions, you can park at Innovation Park, and your parking pass will be good there. And you're saying, well, geez, Innovation Park. That's okay. Starting at 1130 on Saturday morning, they're going to have a shuttle that's going to run continuously from Innovation Park with a drop-off at the North Transit Center near the station, near the stadium. Again, those shuttles begin at 11.30 Saturday morning, and they're going to run until two hours after the game. And yes, tailgating is permitted in the Innovation Park parking lots. Okay? So if you're uncomfortable about parking in a grass lot, You can go to Innovation Park. Your pass is good there. You can tailgate there. And there are going to be shuttles starting at 11.30, four hours before the game, and they'll be running until two hours after the game. Okay? The overnight RV lot will open as scheduled tonight at 6, but it's going to close tomorrow at noon. And it's going to be closed until 8 a.m. on Saturday when they'll open it back up again. Fans who plan to arrive Friday afternoon, for example, or Friday evening, you can park at the Grange Fair Park on Home and Lane and Center Hall for Friday evening. You will not be charged with the presentation of your ORV permit. Saturday morning, the ORV lot will open, allowing RVs to enter after 8 o'clock. Okay? Also, lot 36, no, gone. Fans interested in purchasing parking on game day can park at the East or Eisenhower parking decks. The only caveat to that is there's no tailgating at the parking decks. Okay? So there you go. That's the plan. And if an adjustment is needed... Oh, one other note. I I need to point this out. On game day... In the event a fan's vehicle is stuck in the grass parking lot, Penn State Athletics will have towing available. Take a break. Come back with more in a moment. We continue on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Sunbury Motors. It's uh, Penn State basketball tonight with Loyola. We got the talk show tonight, and then somebody has to hightail it between the field and the arena. <laughs> what is the speed limit of Fox Hollow Road? Actually, I do know because I've been on it. Well, I don't know how many thousands of times. 
Yeah, I was going to say, you should probably know the answer to that question. Yeah, I do know it. Yeah. I'll get there. You got a lot of Patriot League foes coming up. Not Loyola uh, tonight. You got Lafayette next week, or week after next, I should say. Yeah. That's two. It's not a lot. <laughs> you got a couple. <laughs> That's two. That's two. And Thanksgiving is two weeks from today, my man. That's right. Crazy. I know it's right. That's why I said it. <laughs> oh, my almighty. <laughs> two weeks from today. How about that? So what is the Thanksgiving regimen now that there are young ones in tow? Well, we still trade off between my going to my family or going to Lisa's family. This year we're doing my family, which will be at my aunt's house in the Poconos, or there will be lots of turkey and football. Very nice. Then I got basketball that Friday with Lafayette, and I got football that Saturday with Michigan State. Home Sunday, flight Monday night, back to South Carolina with a game at Clemson on Tuesday night. There you go. You're going to need a lot of to-go containers. I don't worry about those things. I just show up when I'm supposed to, and I know how to pack. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now, from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. I was going to say Katron Allen saw what I saw, and I just didn't think it was the right... No. <laughs> I guess not. I just went with what I thought was best at the moment. Scott Spinelli in a few moments. We'll talk college basketball. Reginald Walker next half hour. King tomorrow. I've talked to the King twice already this week, as a matter of fact. So. Speaks very highly of you. I love the King. Always look forward to every Friday afternoon at 435 for most weeks. We'll do our picks again this week. And then, but again, Thanksgiving two weeks from today. How about that? And then, boy, I want to let's get, get emotionally right. We're 10 days away from the World Cup. Okay. Right, so, <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> when the U.S. plays, I'll watch. I'll watch. When they're not playing, no. I have no desire. None. Look, Brazil's playing Italy. Oh, my goodness, really? Now, at that point, the Falcons and the Panthers on Thursday Night Football would win out. I'm so American. All right. <laughs> that is pretty sad, isn't it? I'm, just, I'm an American. I'm sorry. When the U.S. plays, I'll watch. I'm in. I'll be glued to it the entire time. So let's talk some college hoops. Today's show, by the way, brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15, almost Wharf online at sunburymotors.com. Let's talk to the 
former BC interim head coach Scott Spinelli. Coach, welcome back. Great to have you with us. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. It's uh, time flies, doesn't it? Time flies. We get to talk some hoop. Uh, out of the gate, uh, old friend Pat Chambers, uh, Florida Gulf Coast team beats USC. Louisville lost it in its opener. In your experience, how unpredictable are some of these early season games? Very, very unpredictable. I think the, the biggest thing right now, every team is is kind of going through that phase of, hey, guys, look, we got to establish our, our, our own identity right now on both ends of the floor. Um, you know, it's one of those things as a coach that you're telling your guys, look, it's not so much about winning right now. It's all about getting better and making sure we understand how we can all play to, to our strengths and be the best version of ourselves. And I think sometimes early in the season, you sacrifice where you don't want to lose, but you're trying to establish that identity. And, and again, this is not a, a sprint, as you guys know, in terms of a college basketball season. It's a marathon. So I think that's kind of the mindset, but very unpredictable right now, uh, especially early in the season. Uh, it's also because of COVID years being used, an older game. Uh, it, does that contribute to some of these teams and their ability to pull upsets because, you know, they're older as well? I think that's a great point, um, you know, that you make. I mean, look, right now with the COVID year and, you know, a lot of the transfer portal kids who are, you know, opting to go to other places, it's really hard to keep track of even a, a certain roster, right? Um, but if there is a distinct advantage for teams who have those older players. I mean, look at North Carolina this year, you know, with the run that they made last year at the end of the season to get, you know, four of their starters back. Um, you know, all guys who have been there done that. Um, you look at Gonzaga, once again, although they've lost some star power, you know, their top four players, three are seniors and one are, one is a junior. So, again, there is a big advantage to those upperclassmen experienced players, and that's where the transfer portal comes in very valuable. If you can get some guys from other programs who have that experience, it is a huge benefit. What is it like in college basketball that for the first time since uh, the uh, mid-'70s, there's no Mike Krzyzewski on the sideline. That's John Shire over there. Obviously, that's a you know a big adjustment um, you know for all college basketball fans. But look, I, you know I had a chance you know over the years to to recruit and to coach against John Shire. I mean, he's going to do a terrific yeah. job there. Yeah. He already has. Um, you know, it's kind of a it's sad to kind of see icons like Coach K. Uh, you know, move on because again, so much of college basketball and. The, you know the success that Duke had is attributed to him but look there's always that change and you know that's going to occur and uh, look we, you know you can't help but root for Coach Shire and his team and what they're all about I mean there's a lot of uh, I'm sure a lot of eyes on them right now but I, I think they're going to have a successful season. Yeah, Derek Wiley's down there too who obviously he uh, grew up here in our area uh, and his mom works at Penn State uh, so let's uh, I want to get to Kentucky for a moment for a long time, it was all the five stars coming into Kentucky. And then the last couple of years, you've seen Reed Travis transfer in, Nate Sestina transfer in, Oscar Shibway is a transfer in. Uh, how has John Calipari adopt, adapted to the current rules that's allowed him to be older? Well, I think what you just said earlier, I mean, look, you know, when you're talking about Coach Calipari and what he's done, 
uh, in terms of the success that he's had. You know, there was a time that he had a lot of kids with all those one-and-done type guys. Yeah. And, you know, you look around college basketball, I mean, as much as they're obviously extremely talented kids, and they're, but they're kids, right? They're not guys. They're not, you know, guy, kids who have been there and experienced uh, as it relates to being in those close games, playing in those venues, um, and understanding that experience is invaluable uh, in college. So I think what he's done is like any other. I think he's trying to get a good blend and a good mixture of those young, talented kids. And then at the same time, look, I mean, if you can get older guys, you know, guys who are experienced, guys that can fill a role for you, um, you know, and they've been there and done that, I think Coach Calipari is is adjusting his style a little bit too. But, again, I, I, they're still recruiting exceptionally well yeah. with those young players too now. Yeah, no question. Uh Here's an interesting one that, that may be difficult to answer, but how how do you go about, in your opinion, Scott, building culture when you have so many moving parts? It's not like you bring in four or five recruits to go with your existing players and you're building a culture that way over a period of time. There's a lot of moving parts that are temporary in and out. How can you build it in this kind of era? Well, look, I think it first and foremost starts with the evaluation process. Whether you're taking a transfer, um, whether you're taking a high school or a junior college kid for the first time, you know, evaluating players is such a huge part of this, and not just their talent level, you know, their character, their commitment to winning. Yeah. I, I think one of the biggest misconceptions, as you probably know too, is look, points per game matter. But points per shot matter more. Oh. I mean, how guys are used, their efficiency, um, you know, how they want to impact winning. I mean, when you watch an AAU game, sometimes it's really hard because, you know, so, so many players are so ball dominant that there's other kids out there who are playing without the basketball. And those are, uh, those are kids that you really have to take a good look at. But, again, I, th- I think it starts with recruiting and the evaluation process. And then it starts the first day on campus. I mean, so much of this is com- building camaraderie, chemistry uh, in the locker room, um, you know, trying to do some team bonding things, especially with all these new faces, getting to know one another. And then it goes right into practice. Look, you have to establish your practice habits. Um, you know, right from the get-go, you can't sacrifice and shortcut anything. And I think, uh, you know, as we talked about, college basketball is a long journey every season. It's yeah. a, a, mentally and physically, it's it's wearing on the kids. But again, if you think you take those steps and then it continues into practice and then into games, I think that's how you have to kind of build it right now. And I've talked about this a thousand times, so I'll make it a thousand and one. The gold standard is if you can get 1.5 points per shot, if you're a yep. player, you are set yep. for life in the NBA. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great point. You know, it's funny you say that because I don't think a lot of players, young players especially, um, you know, heard what you just said or really understand and, and know that because, again, uh, you know, that points per shot, and you obviously you get some form of bonus for getting fouled, right? Yeah. Um, because it doesn't count as, count as a shot attempt. But I think you make a great point there, right? You know, you're looking for those kids who have that 1.5, you know, PPS, and, and if you can get to that point, that's a huge attraction uh, to the professional teams because it shows that you're efficient in, in, in how you're playing, and that matters in the, in the professional ranks. It matters a lot. Calbert Chaney is the all-time leading scorer in the history of the Big Ten in men's basketball. 
right? Yeah. You look at the numbers, Scott. He averaged 1.5 points per shot in Indiana. Wow. Wow. That's wow. something else. I mean, and I looked up that up a long time ago, but, you know. And like wow. like, like most stuff, this this brain is filled with all sorts of crazy things, Scott. You already know that. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> but it's great knowledge. I love you sharing it because it's really – you love talking basketball with someone like yourself because, you know, these are things that no matter who you are, you know, I've never heard. You know, I haven't followed the Big Ten over the years, yeah. I'm sure, as closely as you have. But, you know, that's an interesting statement you made, especially when you talk college basketball and, you know, teams come into these games and the scouting report, you know, headline is to stop a guy like Calvert Chaney. And here you are, you know, saying how efficient he was. So, obviously, Indiana did a lot of great things in, in terms of getting him open and putting him in position to be successful. But that's a, a very impre- impressive statistic that you just made, you mentioned. Yeah, uh, so... <laughs> When it comes to scouting on the AAU circuit, you got a lot of guys out there. That, you know, they're trying to impress people, so they want quote theirs. Does it make it harder to evaluate? And I'm asking that because the NBA is going to have to start getting down to that circuit here pretty soon when they change the rule. You know, it actually does. And I think again, I'm going to try to parallel. You know, over the years, my experiences as a coach, and I think I made a lot of mistakes as a younger coach in evaluating players solely based on what you just mentioned, that is statistics. Uh, you know, as a younger coach, you're, you're saying to your uh, yourself, hey, this kid can get 20 points per game. He's getting eight rebounds a game. And there's certain statistics that really don't translate, especially in high-volume shooters or high-volume, uh, you know, scorers uh, as it relates to getting to the next level. So what I think you have to do is you really have to evaluate the player based on the system in which – that player is playing in and look every coach has a some form of system i don't care if they're back in you know junior high you know elementary junior high high school etc and certain guys are going to be used certain ways for the benefit of that coach and what he believes to win and help the team win and so you have to try to use your imagination and see past that and i think over the years the guys who have been around um, in this and who have had success in recruiting figure it out that it isn't just about points per game. There's a lot more that goes into this. Um, and I think, again, you know, getting back to what you just said, you know, you have to kind of sit there and see through, you know, certain guys and how they're used within a system and use that at your imagination and kind of project what you believe that player can do based on what you're looking for them to do in your system. Certain programs have had success in college basketball by integrating some, not many, but some of the European players. Gonzaga's one. What makes Gonzaga good at, at making solid evaluations on European players? Well, I tell you what, I think Gonzaga is much, you know, is, is much more, and I should say this, a lot of teams are doing kind of what Gonzaga is doing right now, and that is they're recruiting skill. I mean, skill is king. And when you think international players, you're thinking about players who probably can all pass, dribble, and shoot. Now, again, they do have some kids who are shot blockers that they've brought in that are, you know, presence at the rim. But for the most part, when you think about Gonzaga's team, uh, they've had great success at recruiting skilled guys. And so international kids typically, just because of the amount of time that those kids are spending in the gym, there are no restrictions, you know, coming up. Um, a lot of those kids are being developed in terms of their skill set. And, you know, look, I mean, I think you can even make kind of a comparison to what, you know, Coach Shrewsbury is doing here at Penn State. I, I think he's kind of got that, you know, that model too, and that is he's recruiting skilled players. Yes. And look, 
you know, that three-point line has changed the whole game. And, you know, it's a benefit for, for players who might not be as, as, as big as others. If you can shoot that three ball and, and it counts as a three-pointer and other guys' teams are shooting and they're scoring twos with dunks, I'll take the three. And the statistics and the analytics show that that three ball, you know, means a lot right now in the game. Oh, there's no doubt about that. The point value of it, you know, again, I always use the example, 18 shots. I take 18 twos, I hit nine. That's 50%. That's 18 points. I take 18 threes, I hit six, 33%. Oh, I have 18 right. points. <laughs> Great. And you know what? You don't really think like that sometimes when you're, you know, it's hard because you're looking at a player and he's so physically developed and, you know, he's really good in the paint. But, you know, look, right now the game and the way it's played, again, you really have to think about bringing in skilled players. And, you know, I think that's what a lot of the teams in college are doing. And, and as we watch the NBA, I mean, that's really what the NBA is today. It's all about the three-pointer. What a pleasure to talk with you as always, my friend. Thanks so much for the time, Scott. As always, I look forward to the next conversation. Awesome. Thanks for having me again. Great to be here. All right, take care. Network. Next half hour, Reginald Walker on the show. Final half hour, Matt panics over Aaron Judge being a free agent. Well, that's nothing new. You panicking? Over this particular situation, yes. I think he's, I think like his, if the Yankees sign him, I think he's going to be, what, 92 when his contract runs out? That's okay. I'm willing to deal with it. This is not a spring chicken. He's he's going to be 31 in May. Don't care. Yeah, but what if he misses 82 games? Still worth the risk. What if he goes through three years and misses 240 games? Doesn't matter. Get it done. He's brittle. Throw in a couple wheelchairs for him in addition to the 350 mil. Get it done. Wow. You are a win-at-all-cost guy. That doesn't take any of his past history into... Well, I tell you, you got to give him credit. When he needed to play every game, he did. And I don't mean just for 62 home runs. <laughs> No, you're right. That's what's sad. Suddenly, out of nowhere, the training room was not a thought. Here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Hmm. When car repairs get difficult. Well, I, I just don't know. Um, me neither. We get good. Sunbury Motors. More than quality new and used cars, Sunbury Motors specializes in complicated auto repair diagnosis. They can handle intricate repairs and even complete auto body with service open Monday through Friday, 7 till 4. And Sunbury Motors has made simple repairs easy. Maintaining your vehicle is necessary. Finding the time to do it is difficult. Welcome to Sunbury Motors Quick Lane. Open 7 till 4, Monday through Friday. Just walk in or call ahead. Relax in their remodeled waiting room with Wi-Fi, beverages, and snacks. Will Sunbury Motors factory train techs take care of your oil change, tire alignments, brakes, and inspections. Quick Lane, 630 to 6, Monday through Friday, Saturday, 6 30 till 2. Sunbury Motors, Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. We take the mm. out of auto repair.
So who did they pick to count the votes in Arizona? Is this like a fifth grade like project class thing? or? That's a good question. Hey, Wiz. Cripe. I can give it to my grandkids. They'd be done by now. All right. Uh, <laughs> I don't care who wins. Jeez. Get the lingerie on the deck. Call oh, the janitor. Goodness. Good news. It's a fifth grade project class. All right, great. Start counting. One, two. <laughs> Luke can help. He can pretty much count to 20 now without with missing a couple numbers. Okay, that's that. We're not. That's that. Actually, doesn't help. Uh, <laughs> All right, maybe one to six. He can help because that's consistent. Yeah, like, like, like saying he can count to twenty but misses a couple. Actually, yeah, that's the problem we want to avoid. So never that, mind. That, yeah. Okay, that would actually lead to a recount. Uh, yeah. so... <laughs> never mind. <laughs> All right. Uh, Penn State Loyola tonight in hoops, Jordan Center. And uh, so here the game plan is Joe Putnam is the opener. It's coming, we're going to do like a Tampa Bay Rays game. We did this last year, too. So I'll do the talk show with James. Then I'll tape the pregame show. Or as I say to James, five minutes of his life he'll never get back. Um. Uh, and then boom in the car and away we go my my joke this morning was my luck I'll get to the parking lot I'm sorry you can't enter <laughs> I know you can't enter <laughs> uh, sorry we're filled no you're not filled oh goodness gracious I know you're all wrapped up in the Daniel Snyder thing. Again, when the feds get involved, it's just not good. They seem to have more more resources than anybody. It's not a good thing. Oh. And if you're wondering if he, why he's considering like more money from another source, uh, it's not because there are 24 votes in the NFL to oust him. Okay. It is because the Department of Justice is looking around saying, Yo, Danny boy, we got a problem. And we have resources. How disappointed are you that I've never used the he saw what I saw? You know what? Everybody has their own signature calls and moments, so it's good just to leave it with those specific people. So it's okay. Yeah, but there's no announcer out there that wanted that to be their signature call. (laughs) There you go. It was meant for that one person. He's in the back office like, oh, Jesus, 